warning. The Catholic Man Show contains high levels of manliness. If you think you may be too weak to withstand the manliness represented in the following program, please do yourself a favor and stop listening now. If you choose to continue in spite of this warning, if at any time you feel yourself overcome by the manliness, stop immediately and consult your closest medical professional. And now, for the not-so-fair, faint, or frilly, we present The Catholic Man Show. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Minahan here sitting with David Niles. Yo. Sans Juan. Sans Juan. Juan is in uh, diaconate formation this evening, so he is not with us. Yeah, so, you know, like, say a prayer for him. Yeah. Also, we have a brand new Catholic th- this evening. That's not how I taught you. Not how I taught you. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, so David Phillip Jr. was baptized today. Praise God. Did last episode was was David Phillip born? Yes, yeah. he was. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he was. Sorry, this this he, like, was, he was fresh. He's still pretty fresh, you know. Yeah. But he the, was the, the really last couple fresh. like days have just been crazy. For, all, for yeah, all yeah, us. okay. I was like, but he's not a week old. But that's because it hasn't been a week since we recorded. Since we recorded. Right. So we're recording Friday night this evening, and we recorded on Monday night. This is a... a it, it's a crazy week, man. Yeah, it is. So we welcome David Jr. He is he is now among counted among the, the one, Catholics of the world. One less pagan in the world. That's right. Uh, and then Luke, my oldest, is going to be receiving his first Holy Communion tomorrow. Oh, man, that's going to be sweet. So it's going to be He seems awesome. so excited. He is. Which, like, I really appreciate. You know, like... Right. I, I think a lot of kids just are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that, you know... But you, you guys have obviously done a good job preparing him. Well, his mom has done a, a phenomenal job. Because that's not something that is just about like, oh, yeah, well, we did this program or we did this workbook. Right. That's about a culture in the home. And not necessarily that like... That teaches throughout his whole life, you know, you know, that a kid would be excited about this. So Well, and I think... It, well done, sir. I think it also just goes back to... I approve to, of the way you're raising my, my godson. Good. Uh, I think it also goes back to you know how we we set up the the weekend, uh-huh. you know like we L- talked about this trip, with the yeah. fishing trip last week, uh, you know and going down the Illinois River and with all the the impactful men in his life, you know the the, the guys that he looks up to, my dad, my brother in laws, uh, Juan, and you were supposed to go, but you know your wife was having a baby, right? So and I asked, it's like, so can I? Pamela, like, so do you need me here? <laughs> You do. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. That's I, that's, I thought you did. So just, just checking. I'll put my fishing stuff away. Right, yeah. <laughs> I brought it with me. Just in case. Wanted to be prepared. I just want to be prepared. Right. But I won't, yeah. Yeah. So so it's a busy week for both uh, the Niles and the Minahans. Dave is yeah. going to be gone on Sunday. Have we not had this before? No. Really? No. On the show? I mean, we've had it before. I've had it before, but. Not on the show. Not on the show. Mm-mm. Interesting. So we're gonna we're gonna try this tonight. We're gonna try a Wood, uh, Woodford Reserve Double Oaked. Is Have it, we had the it, regular Double think, Oaked? Have we done the regular? I think we've done the regular. Okay. Well, maybe I haven't had the Double Oaked. Maybe. 
Uh, maybe I have not had this. Okay. In my well, it's already open. Yeah. In my years. There you go. I know. For some reason, I wanted to take that off. Oh, okay. But I, but that's okay. You we don't have to. You don't need to do that. No. May I? Yes, please. So the double oak. So Woodford Reserve is a very well-known bourbon uh, around here. You know, in the U.S. It, at least. I was about to ask. Uh, what do, what you, do you mean by, by around, around here? here? Like, yeah. I know. I know. It's not. Sorry, local. it's late, dude. It's. We'll, we'll it see. Is. We'll it's see late. how. We'll see how this episode goes. Um, but it, it's very interesting because someone out there are people out there. I'm sure laughing at us. Like guys, it's like nine thirty. Dude, that is late. For, it, you know, they're like, I'm just now eating dinner. Right. Yeah, which, well, we've been there. I've been there. Yeah. But I'm also getting up at three o'clock in the morning. That's true. To uh, smoke these pork shoulders that I have already ready to go on the smoker for Luke's big day. Mm-hmm. Wanna, you know, we're going to have people over wanting to make sure that. See, this is like, this is where the pellet grill. Would sure yeah. nice. Those Rectex look, you know, our trigger grills look pretty good right yeah. now. But, oh, but I'm going to be. The timer, you know. And you know what, though? I have. You still would have to get up. Yeah. And I've I've stayed up or gotten up early for a lot of bad reasons in my life, and this is a good reason. So totally, we're gonna we're gonna go with it. Yeah. Uh, so this uh, sorry. So this double oaked Woodford Reserve is is interesting because it's very unique in the fact that it ages first in the uh, virgin white oak barrels like normal. Okay. And then what they do is they uh, toast another virgin white oak barrel for a little longer inside the. Uh, barrel, uh-huh. and then put it in that one. So I found out this week. So I mean, because all of the barrels are burned on the inside, correct. but one is extra burned. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So what happens is, is there's actually different levels of how long you should burn the inside of a barrel. Okay. And they actually like will let it catch on fire even uh-huh. at times. Oh, I've seen in one of the I've seen a commercial where they're they're actually catching it on fire. I mean, it's it's like a at least in the commercial, and maybe this is just over exaggerated for the commercial, but it was like a, a like a, a huge, like like a river of flame that they were right. So laying so into what they it, do yeah. like there's there's several different time periods, and like obviously the longer it goes, the 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 char yeah, the more the char taste it has in it. Uh-huh. Uh, so there's typically like a 16 to 17 second, a 30 second, a 35 second, and then a 55 second. 55 second. Wow. Um, so this one is not. I don't, they I couldn't don't, do it at the same level of heat. The amount of heat that I saw on the commercial, a barrel would be gone in 55 seconds. Maybe so. Yeah. Um, but I don't think this is the 50 or the 55 second one. But it it is a, a heavier char to give it more of a complex um, flavor to it. Okay. What, what are your thoughts? You you've already tried it. Oh, you know what? You didn't even pay attention. I was not even paying attention. No, but let me, let me give another pass at it. Okay. You know, there's something that I I you know obviously I, I'm a Scotch guy. Mm-hmm. If I had to pick, but there is something so unique about bourbons that I really enjoy. You know, it's very Americana. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can you can enjoy a nice bourbon either neat or maybe with a little ice, and it's very unique in the fact of it's not like a lot of other uh, uh, spirits. You know, sure. You know, rum is is great, but a lot of times rum goes into like sugary, fruity drinks. Uh, you know, vodka normally goes into you know a lot of different other types of tonics and things like that doesn't have a lot of flavor but bourbon is something that is a very unique it's a sweeter whiskey it's a normally has a lot of vanilla a lot of oak but it's just something that you sit down and you think this is has a little bit of like this touch of a a america 
So you're saying that the second barrel in this one was the 55 second char? No, I said I don't think it is. Oh, okay, I see. But it was just a longer char than the first one. Correct. Okay, so I mean, I don't get a whole lot of char flavor. Okay. Maybe I got a hint of cinnamon at the beginning. Um, Banana came to mind, but I'm not sure that they're really... When I tried it again, I was like, no, where's the banana that time? I don't know. It disappeared on you, huh? It did. It disappeared on me. So the nose, here's the official tasting notes. Okay. Uh, Rich notes of dark fruit, caramel, sharp honey, chocolate, and toasted oak. Okay. The the palate is a full-bodied mix of vanilla, dark caramel, hazelnut, apple, fruit, and spices. Okay. And the finish is long and creamy with lingering hints of honeyed, honey-eyed apple. Sweet. So I was, you know, kind of in the right yeah. general vicinity. but I, I said honey-eyed, didn't I? I meant honeyed apple oh. did i say honey eyed i don't I know i don't know i don't know anyway you may have I possibly there's you, a, there's may, a, there's, you may have there's a good chance so um so overall like you've had wood yeah wood i've had reserve. Woodford, wood, woodford reserve it's and it's you know it's good it's like one well, it's not going to break the bank how much was this one this was about uh more like 45 yeah that's uh, maybe and, 50. You know, like that's something i can really appreciate about bourbon is a lot of times it's not as expensive you know you're right. not having to import it there's certainly never going to be a tariff on buying bourbon, which sadly there is right now in Scotch. It's it is sad. Mm-hmm. When I think I think everybody agrees that tariff on Scotch is just sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but some bourbons, though, still are very, 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 very expensive. I mean, obviously, this is one Woodford Reserve. You should be able to find almost everywhere. It's forty five point two percent ABV. Oh, is it? Uh huh. Um, but it doesn't taste it. It does not taste. I mean, that's an interesting alcohol percentage, because you know it's it's obviously all of the whiskey is much much stronger than that in the barrel, mm-hmm. and then they water it down. I wonder like why they stopped at forty five point two. Not forty five. I mean, that's why there's master distillers. Yeah, for a reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's for a Indeed. reason. Indeed. So, uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's very drinkable. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm do, not. Do you happen to know how much more this one is over just the regular Woodford Reserve? Oh, I don't. I mean, maybe ten, fifteen, but fifteen bucks, maybe. Would be I'm my not. Guess. Sh- I'm not sure that I would necessarily go for this one over the regular if it's, you know, that if it's. 15 if it's 15 dollars more i'd probably just get the regular woodford reserve woodford reserve is fine it's a it's a good whiskey you're not going to offend anybody by giving it to them it's not i don't think it's you know like oh that's that's not my go-to right. you know i think i'd have to have a side-by-side tasting before i could actually say yeah i haven't whether- had it i haven't had it in a while but this one isn't going to me it's not like oh wow oh yeah like i see what they're doing Right, you know but I, I think mean? I think it would be more evident it, if we did have no doubt. Um, it still just tastes pr- kind of regular mm-hmm. to me. It's like, like it's just a it's a good it's a good bourbon. bourbon. Yep, I, I'm gonna I really I'm gonna enjoy it. And but you know if I'm not necessarily gonna want to pay a extra a fifteen dollars for whatever it is. I think I think that's that's solid. Yeah. Uh, so this episode we're gonna we're gonna pick out a few things from the germ. Which if you do not know what the germ is, it's the don't tell them. It is something that I can't tell you. We'll tell you later. All the germs. All the germs. We want them all. So, we'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles, here with Adam Minahan. We're sipping on some Woodford Reserve double-oaked bourbon, product of America. We're talking about the germ today. We are. Before we do, I'd like to give a shout-out to all our patrons real fast. Because okay. it's been really cool recently how... The patron, like our, our patron community, has has really kind of taken a little bit of ownership in the community because we're we're gaining so many people that are coming in. They're kind of wanting to do more things. Yeah, uh, we have a, a guy. I didn't I didn't get his approval for his name, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna share it. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. there's a, a patron on. Uh, I don't want to violate any HIPAA laws or anything. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, that he he's provided us. He's been working up a code for conduct of of, yeah. of men and has. Extensive. It, it is extensive. It is thorough. It is awesome, and we're working to to put that together for the Council of Man. We have we have, uh, you know, the the prayer requests that we always get with, within the community. We have mm-hmm. you know the fasting tracker that we have, so that yep. way we know yep, yep, every yep. Friday what we could be fasting for, what we're praying for, uh, f- within the community. Uh, it, it's just really cool to see the guys say like. This is this is something that I want to be a part of, and not only do I want to be a part of it, but I want to I want to take ownership of it. And yeah. I want to do I want to be a I want to roll. Know, I want to, yeah. So shout out to you guys. It's been a huge blessing, and actually something that I I'm shocked that it's uh taken off the way it has. And a lot of so many people have been supporting us for years now. I know since the beginning, a lot of them, and almost like four years. Yeah. So has it been that long? You know how I know that because our logo shows 2016. 16. Man, I'm yeah. glad you put that on there. Me too, because I probably wouldn't have remembered otherwise. Yeah, that's a good move, bro. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's just been really cool to see how it's developed and taken on yeah. its own ownership. Yeah, totally. Uh, so anyway, uh, you can go to the pa- patreon.com slash the Catholic Man Show. We give Glenn Karen glass, Catholic Man Show Glenn Karen glasses. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently, we have still a couple more slots left for 20. If you sign up to be $25 a month, we had a picture of St. John Paul II made up that we're sending out to all the top the next uh 10 uh $25 gift uh $25 patrons. So, I think 7 of them have been accounted for. So, we have 3 spots left. So, if you want one of those on top of all the other gifts, go check it out. Perfect. Done. Excellent. Okay. So, we're talking about the germ. If you don't know what the germ is, are you a germaphobe? No. Okay. I'm not. I was just curious. Uh, the germ is what do you call it when like the letters an acronym? That is that is what's an call acronym. It. That's what you call it. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. actually asking myself. It stands for General Instruction of the Roman Missal. Mm-hmm. Germ, but people say germ. Sort of like GIF. GIF. I'm a GIF guy. I think GIF just sounds funny. You can say I don't care. I say GIF. You know. And I say germ. Maybe that's why, because I'm Catholic. That's why I say germ. That's why I did that, yes. So the germ, if if you still don't know what it is, the general introduction of the Roman Missal, it's like this book that tells you what to do, what to say, when to say it in the Roman liturgy. It is helpful for both priests and people, just laymen assisting at Mass. Um, And when I say assisting, I just mean being there. Going to Mass, yes. Um, and so it is a, a really a fascinating book because it covers all the stuff, you know, like... All oh, the norms. All the norms, right. So like, oh, if it's a wedding Mass, 
you might do something, you know, like a little bit differently. And actually, there is something that I really do enjoy at wedding masses, uh, you know, because people like to hold hands during the Our Father. They obviously they're not doing that now. Uh, right. Yeah. Because of the coronavirus. And I'm curious to see if that comes back, you know, and it will make me laugh. Like you guys are wearing masks, holding hands mm-hmm. like you guys are silly. <laughs> but um, it, I've always got the biggest kick out of this uh, because one of the things that is not in the germ that doesn't tell you to do is to hold hands during the Our Father. OK. Right. It may, I don't know. Maybe. This is your episode, Adam, so maybe you're planning on talking about that. But no, anyway, at a wedding mass, you know, so typically, in the Our Father, you hold hands, and then the priest says some stuff, and then you say, for the kingdom, the power, the glory, yours, now and forever. Amen. And then, you know, that's when you would let go Maybe give a hands. squeeze. Give a squeeze to the hand. Maybe a squeeze. What? Where did that come yes, from? Yes, I don't know. But I used to do it. You I know, did like too. As, as a kid, like, like a oh, kid. yeah, like, let's hit. And, you know, you squeeze. Like, sometimes it's a one squeeze. Sometimes it's a three squeeze. Like, I yeah. love you. Right. I don't know. Like, I I don't know where that where that came from. That was silly. It is. It is funny. I. It's just funny. But um, at a wedding mass, you don't do the part where the priest says stuff, and then you don't say, for the kingdom, the power, the glory are yours now and forever. And so... People don't know when to stop holding hands. Okay, <laughs> I like every wedding mass I I go to. Like, like here, here it, it comes, goes. and I like to just look around to see how long like, how long will like the how long will these people continue to hold hands? And it's so funny because it always goes the same way. Eventually, they realize like it's been about a minute, and I, 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 I guess- don't think he's doing the thing. Like. He must have forgot it. And they kind of end up looking at each other and like give a shoulder shrug and let go. And like, I guess, you know, we're not doing it. And like kind of chuckle with each other and then they go back. But I just like watching him hold hands. And you can just tell like, are we doing something different today? The or? way the way you can the way you can uh, avoid that is just during the Our Father, don't hold hands. Yeah, just uh, only do what the Roman Missal, they're instructed to do in the Roman Missal. Yeah. Are we? Are, is that in here? I don't want to jump. No, up. no, no. I, I, I didn't add that. I didn't add that in there because uh, I, I do. To... I do want to just mention it because we're now sure. we're just talking about this book in general. Sure. Um, and it's it's not actually just something where oh, just let people hold hands if they want to. I mean, if you hold hands during the Our Father, you know, especially if you like you're holding your wife's hand, that's no. There's nothing wrong with that, you know. But there's nothing in it. If I mean. There's no rule that says you can't hold someone's hand at a certain point in the liturgy, okay? But if you are doing it because you think you're supposed to hold hands, now that that's where you enter into a problem because now you think that you are doing something liturgical and you're not, okay? And further, and this is really I think the most important, there are there is a progression of signs in the mass, uh especially in the the liturgy of the Eucharist, where it's a you have progressive levels of unity, okay? So it begins with the Our Father, where we, we have unity of voice. We, as a people, speak together. And pray together. And we have this form of unity. Then we come to the kiss of peace, where we have physical unity with each other. That would be a greater, you know, that's a greater sign of unity, okay? And it builds to the reception of Holy Communion, where now we have the like the deepest level of unity that is that exists on this side of heaven. So by holding hands during the Our Father, especially with a stranger next to you, you thwart 
the progression of signs. It frustrates what should build to the crescendo, okay? And so you kind of cut out nice. the legs. Nice, nice, nice word. Thank you, thank you. And so it really is, there is a, an element of beauty that is not uh, necessarily obvious, but I think is lost a little bit by frustrating that, that unitive progression. Mm-hmm. So think about that. I mean, right. and once again, like I said, if you want to hold hands with your family during the Our Father, right. that's fine. Just know that it's not part of the liturgy and that you shouldn't expect somebody else to do it. And don't don't try to hold the... Like, you're there in Mass. You, there's a stranger next to you, maybe. Are you going to hold their hand any other time? It's weird to just, like, want to hold hands with the guy next to you, I think. To pray, yeah. And... It's not a hill that I'm willing, I, like, I want to die on. I yeah, I, me either. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm just like, that's just the truth. P- the reason people do it is because they think they're supposed to. Right. I mean, that's why they do it. Sure, sure. I and mean, that's people, why. nobody knows that, no, you're not supposed to do it. It's not part of the liturgy. Right. It's just become become a, like a cultural custom. Right. You're that, just, that has happened. You're um, just getting handsy <laughs> with people, you know? I do like the, like, the, the best argument is like kind of what you said, though, how it builds up. Yeah. Uh, we use the voice, then we use a, a, a sign, a touch, and then yeah. we and then we actually come into the full body of Christ, receiving the holy holy communion. Mm-hmm. So I, I do like I think that's the uh, the strongest argument for yeah. for not doing it. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm not judging anybody. I'm not looking around. Yeah. My no, eyes no. are closed whenever the uh, our Father is going on anyway. Most yeah. of, unless I'm look like I and my one of my boys or Anna or something like that for yeah. for not doing what they're supposed to be doing, but. Yeah. Um, and the other I'm more yeah, the other that. issue that we I think we've talked about this in a previous episode is typically holding hands and then when you say the kingdom the power of the glory of yours people will like raise their hands in the air right Oran's and it's posture. like it's like the Oran's posture to me like that's actually not exactly what the Oran's posture really is the Oran's posture is not hands out like this it's more hands together like, like right here at chest level um, this is like the Oran's posture it's not this and I don't think that when people do that. They think to themselves, "I'm imitating the the priest." Right. I'm, I'm. They're just lifting up. I think their hands in praise is what I've always thought. That's what people think they're doing. Or, or so the Orons thing. Like that's just not a good argument for not doing it. I don't think. Mm-hmm. But if there are people out there who think, "Yes, I'm taking a, I, I'm assuming a priestly posture," mm-hmm. you know, that's uh, only reserved for the, the that's reserved for the priest in the liturgy, like. Uh, if you're at home in private prayer and you want to pray in that posture, that's fine. I mean, that's mm-hmm. great. Um, St. Dominic actually talks about different body postures for yeah. private prayer, and that's a good one. And I mean, it, like like you're offering yourself to the Lord, yeah, but whatever, but not in the liturgy, because you know now your priestly office is is not the priestly office that's really the one in charge of It's, it's interesting how all, there's certain cultural customs... That evolve within within the holy sacrifice yeah. of the mass, yeah. and I think that the the bishops have done a good job across the world of allowing some customs to, yeah. to take place. They've given you do want some, but yet at the same time without watering down right. what you know what we're actually doing. Yeah, exactly. And so that, that's that's the. If you want to learn thing. more about the mass that you celebrate, go go get a copy of the germ. Right, um, and we'll and we'll continue talking about. Take I a pick, look through it. I picked a couple uh, different segments talk about on the other side of the break. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Sitting here drinking a little bit of Woodford Reserve Double Oaked. As I've sipped it a little bit, I've I think I've come to enjoy it a little bit more than yeah, I do. me too. Um, it's it, it's a it's a very decent bourbon. We just got done. I would talking. like to try it next to a uh, Woodford Reserve just to like see you know what is the difference here, right? Uh, we just talked about the book, the Germ, the General Instruction for the Roman Missal. And so what I decided to do because I I figured most people, at least some people, have not like gone through it yeah which is uh you know what i have read through it and when i was doing that i thought this is going to be a a chore because i was looking i don't remember what even what it was but i was looking for something like what does it say to do Mm -hmm. and actually i found myself very interested in i did like actually it was uh it seems like it would be a dry read yeah and it wasn't but as i mean there's certain parts that are like really not geared towards the layman anyway so you know it's giving more of the understanding of like what the priest does what the deacon does uh things like that so it's like okay that's fu- like that's that's fine it's not really what i'm supposed to i'm not having to worry about that you mm-hmm. know say the say the black do the red right you know that kind of stuff but yeah. um but it is an interesting read to make sure that you understand and i think the reason why is because like you know as baptized were as baptized catholics were obligated to make sure that the liturgy is as fruitful as possible and yeah. uh, knowing what, why we do what we do at Mass will help us fulfill uh, that obligation. Yeah. So I think like it's important to know why are we doing certain things in the Mass. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why I actually jumped into this and wanted to do this episode was because I was looking up things to teach Luke for his First Holy Communion. Oh, really? Yeah, to make sure that, you know. Interesting. Uh, yeah. You know, that I wasn't missing anything. I just wanted to do my due diligence. You know, I didn't think that I was missing anything, but I, I didn't want to be presumptuous, you know? And yeah. so I, I was going through there, kind of looking through to make sure that there's nothing that he needs to know as a seven-year-old, uh-huh. uh, you know, that we're not currently doing or haven't talked about. Mm-hmm. So that's why uh, I was doing it. And I, as I was reading it, I thought there are certain uh, parts in in here that it would be interesting to talk about and understand so yeah. that way we can, um, you know, come to an understanding of of uh, to grow constantly in holiness through the holy sacrifice of the mass. Right. And yeah, the more because you it's a book put out by the church. Right, by the USCCB. Yeah, by the USCCB. But you know like it's our for here in America these these are the norms for celebrating the holy sacrifice of the mass. And so you want to make sure that you're doing it the way it's intended to be done. Right. Yeah, I mean if we're going to do it let's do it the right way. Yeah. So, uh the first thing was was uh, I wanted to talk about was singing okay. with the mass? Okay, uh, because there's a you lot. Can't of, do that, Adam. You're going to give everybody the coronavirus, okay? Right. Yeah, but there's a lot of guys. If you like look look across the congregation, there's a lot of guys who who are not singing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, and I I think that that's that's a, a mistake on the dad's part because one, you're not setting the example that your kids should be participating in mass. If dad's not participating fully in mass, yeah. then your yeah, kids totally. your kids aren't go- like they're looking up at dad and seeing like, oh well, he's not singing. He doesn't have the book out. Mm-hmm. Uh, to sing, sing. So I, I don't need to either. So I think that that's important to to set the example of of how we should, you know, conduct ourselves in mass and yeah. fully participating in mass is one of our responsibilities. Yeah, and I know there's I know there's people out there saying, Adam, I don't sing. I'm not a singer. I don't. I'm not a good. Nobody wants to hear me sing. And that's you know, just don't sing as loudly. Well, okay? and it's you not know. A, it's not about you. It's not about how you sing. This is like right. God gave I you mean, the gifts. Uh, you know, if that you he do gave have you. a gift for singing, then sh- then sing, you know, beautifully. Yeah, but, sing loudly if you want, but 
but but you uh, should be participating because actually the liturgy is when you when you look at the divine liturgy the, what you know what we see in the book of revelation when john had visions of you know here here when we go to the holy sacrifice of the mass we are imitating what's taking place in heaven in heaven okay this is a heavenly reality and according to his visions it was a you know it was being the angels were singing mm-hmm. that song is like uh, you you can't separate the liturgy from from song, right? And there's nothing like oh well, if you sing off key, you're less less efficacious in your singing. Now, I wonder than, if there are angels who don't sing on key. I don't know, but you know there is something about singing that you know on Easter when you you haven't seen Alleluia yeah. forever and you just and, pump it mm. and and they build up and build up and build up and then the, it just like boom it happens and like there's this part of you that's just like an ecstasy type of yeah moment. like you get goosebumps i'm sorry if you're sitting in front of me during the least e- the easter liturgy the easter liturgy mm-hmm. uh because i really hit the hallelujah oh, oh i yeah. do too i'm like i mean we haven't we haven't sang here this it comes in, in, you, you know, know 40 plus days right i'm ready to sing yeah this. and it's it i love that moment mm-hmm. and this year we were robbed of it kind of you know because mm-hmm. we didn't, we couldn't go to an Easter mass right. on Easter, right? Um, but still, uh, I thought it was also interesting. It talks about the main place should be. Uh, I'm sorry, the main place should be given all things being equal to Gregorian chant uh, as being proper to the Roman liturgy. Indeed, interesting. And what is Gregorian chant, Adam? Uh, it is chanting Gregorian style, like Gregory. Like Gregory, yes. Yeah, Greg uh, is a good chanter. Uh, it says uh, other th- other kinds of sacred music, in particular polyphonic, uh, polyphonic type of music, are uh, in no way excluded. But it's important to make sure that there's a big there's a lot of history behind polyphonic music in the in the mass. It was excluded for a long time. It was considered not appropriate. Really? For the liturgy, yeah. I think I remember hearing that maybe on the liturgy. And I don't, I don't, I don't know when it was added, but mm-hmm. there was a time when it was not. It was not considered appropriate for polyphonic music, um, and polyphonic music would be like music with like chords and melodies and uh, harmonies, and mm-hmm. uh, whereas Gregorian chant, it's one one note, constantly, blah, 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 you know, there's no. There's no harmonizing or anything. Right. But I'm guessing in heaven, the angels are singing some pretty sweet harmonies. Oh, I think so, too. You know too. what I mean? Like, yeah. I'll bet it's just incredible. And Leonard Skinner's up in front row, and he is just shredding the guitar. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Good, nice. Nice <laughs> save. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I I do think it's important, though, to, to make sure that you participate fully in Mass, and that includes singing. And as guys, like, for whatever reason, a lot of guys don't feel comfortable singing. I don't want to sing in public. I don't want to do yeah. this. I wonder um, if they think singing is like a girl thing. Like, I don't know. I wonder. But I'm so, a, I'm a singer, so I sing. like to sing. Yeah. Just, so do it. it. I mean, it's not a big deal. It's, just do it. Yeah. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about was silence. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, and if you want to look up, par- I have a lot number. to say about silence. Okay. <laughs> on uh, 45. Actually, I'll let, you, I'll let you read it. Even before the celebration itself, it is praise. It is a praiseworthy practice for silence to be observed in the church, in the sacristy, in the vesting room, and in adjacent areas, so that all may dispose themselves to carry out the sacred celebration in a devout manner. And I think this is really important because silence is one of the key things that distinguishes reverence in a Catholic church. There's something about 
going to, you know, there's a lot of, here in Tulsa, we have some very beautiful churches. If you go downtown, mm-hmm. there's a Methodist church that's very beautiful. There's a Baptist church that's very, very beautiful, you know, and they're pretty old, you know. Right. They look more like Catholic churches yeah. than a lot of Catholic churches yeah. today. Yeah, and you walk, they've got this stained glass, you know, there's a, they right. truly are beautiful. Mm-hmm. But when you walk into a Catholic church, there is just something different. And it's this, it's, it's sacred. The, it's the presence of Jesus is what it is, right. physically present in the tabernacle, but... Um, Silence is like the the language of reverence, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so, if there isn't silence, there are people who will, who are praying. And at the same goes for after the liturgy. Um, that is one thing that really bugs me. Some is when sometimes I'll be praying, and I've said this before on the show, and people will come up to me and start talking to me in the sanctuary. I'm kneeling with my eyes closed and my hands folded, mm-hmm. and they'll start talking to me. Right. And they're not trying to be rude. No. But they are being rude. Mm -hmm. You know, that is a rude thing to do. It doesn't matter. Actually, it doesn't matter. Like, when, obviously, I'm praying. I'm kneeling with my eyes closed. It's like, there's, I could not have more of a prayerful posture. This is, this is it. Someone's praying, leave them alone. Right. You know? What, no matter where they are. Right. And teach your kids to make sure, you know, we leave in a reverent manner in silence. Yes. From the sanctuary. And it's not actually because, oh, you don't want to disturb that person praying, even though you don't. But it's because Jesus is in the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. And we are in his presence. Right. You know, you go back and read the book of Exodus, where uh, God and um, Ecclesi- Ecclesiastes, is that the one that comes up? Uh, anyway, when God is establishing the the tent, the, ta- the tabernacles, you know. And if you go into that inner tent, you know, if they could only do it once a year, you, you would never go in there and have a conversation. Right. You know, if you're the priest, the high priest is going in there once a year, you're not going to be in there like, oh, sup, God. Right. You know, you're going to be in reverent silence, okay? And so anytime you enter a church, when you see that candle lit that says, hey, Jesus is in the tabernacle, you should be... Si- he, he deserves all of your attention. This is not the place for conversation right. with another person. That's why there's a parish hall, which is like, very important. Like, I, community. No, I like, agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we, after church, this, it is a time for community. the community, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it's not in the sanctuary. It's like if you were to go before the Queen of England or something, you, it's like you and I go there and we go right up before her. She's sitting in a royal chair. I don't. I, I assume she has a royal chair. You yeah. know, like I'm American. So, right. uh, and we and you God and I just the queen. we you and I just started talking to each other, right? And ignoring her, even though like we're right in front of her. We came we came here to see her, and now we're just kind of like not talking to her. We're talking to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're in the presence of the King of Kings, you talk to him, right? Yeah, and, and I you think, don't talk to other people. And I also think that it's important that it talks about like in the vestment room. So like as Father right. is getting ready, is preparing for Mass, he has to be mentally getting prepared too. So it's yeah, just well, he not, has he has prayers to he say. He has prayers to say. Yeah. So it's not the, it's not the time to say, "Hey, Father, how you doing?" You know, wait until after uh, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass because allow right. him to get mentally prepared for the most important thing that we do as Christians, as humans, as humans. Yeah. So when we get back, we'll continue this conversation talking about all things Jeremy. Jeremy. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. 
We are na 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 getting Jeremy with it. Na 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 na. We are. We are getting Jeremy with it today. That was the worst. That could have been the worst part of the four years that we've I, been doing this. There are people laughing. The people, I can hear the I can hear the, the laughter, the applause. They love it. That's the sound of them turning off. Well, maybe because they just are laughing so hard. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, I got us a little distracted there talking about my own personal beefs with stuff that happens in the Mass. I apologize. I forgive you. Thank you. But I do think that you know you hear a lot of you hear a lot of people saying like oh well my church doesn't do this my church doesn't do that and it's like well I think the culture of, that happens within the church starts with the laity yeah uh, obviously you need the priest backing you need the priest to to you know set the tone per se but what's going to really affect your church is how the laity acts yeah so yeah I know and it's you can you can make a difference you can make a difference right be the beans. I don't know what that. I don't know that expression. Okay, so you know, like coffee is just water, and like a tiny, just like a couple coffee beans to make a cup of coffee. You know, it only takes like one or two beans, or I, it's probably just a few more than that. But like for just one cup of coffee, not a pot of coffee. Okay. You know, it's just a few beans. I'm done with this analogy. Let's keep be moving. the beans. Okay, be the beans. Be the beans. Okay, uh, let's let's move on. I'll let you go right here. Start with this one. You want me to do it? Yeah. The homily, 65, is that what we're talking about? Yeah. yeah. The homily is part of the liturgy and is highly recommended. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> it is recommended. The homily is recommended. Yes. Okay, I didn't realize that. All right. Yeah. You don't have to have a homily, I guess, right? Uh, I thought uh, you on did. The, on the weekday, but not on, not on Holy uh, Holy Sunday. Or you do you have, do to, have on, to have on it on Sunday. Holy Sunday. Thank not you. That's, that's yeah. what I was, that's what yeah, I was yeah. thinking of. Okay. So, it's highly recommended for it is necessary for the n- nurturing of the Christian life. It should be an explanation of some aspect of the readings from sacred scripture and should take into account both the mystery being celebrated and the particular needs of the listeners. And I think what this is really saying is, you know, it's. It, I, I think it's very important for our priests to have a, a, a deep, one, a deep prayer life, not only just for the homily, but just for his vocation in general, yeah, yeah. but also to understand the needs of what, of his congregation. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to be able to understand, like Christ knows, uh, and he wants you to do that. Yeah. And so you're not going to be able to do that without a, a solid prayer life with Christ. And I think yeah. that it's easy. I could, I could only imagine how easy it would be to fall away at, in your prayer life as a priest because you're constantly doing stuff for the church. You're constantly doing things and it's like, well, my work is prayer, you know, anyway. So I, I, I brought that, I put that in there really for, there's a lot of priests that listen to the show and I just wanted to affirm the priests to have a good prayer life and to not be afraid of uh, speaking the truth in homilies and yeah. not watering it down. Yeah. Um, and hopefully things like certain podcasts, uh, you know, social media posts, things like that, we can help reaffirm the things that Catholic priests uh, say within, within uh, you know, the, the homily. You know, we can reaffirm that and, and challenge and continue challenging the laity yeah. to continue growing in their vocations and growing closer to our Lord so we can all be in heaven one day. But I think it's really important that it starts there at the pulpit, at the ambo. Mm-hmm. It starts there. And right. so, like, and I want you, I want the priests to challenge me. Mm-hmm. I want them to tell me the truth. I don't want uh, this, uh, you know, any kind of watered-down Christianity. Yeah. Tell me the truth, because ultimately, we're going to be judged by the way, the truth, and the life. And this is, like, where the fatherhood of, that's why we call them fathers. Because right. 
you know, it's up to them to tell us what we don't want to hear, just like dads do all the time. Mm-hmm. You get them in trouble a little bit, maybe, you know? Right. Just like let them let them have it. But the discipline is a, is an act of mercy. You know, you know, yeah, whenever absolutely. whenever I I discipline my kids, it's an act of mercy. It's an act, you know, to right. to, to only help help them further their journey in life. You right, know? so that they might have virtue. Right. All right, let's go. Let's read the next one. You okay. mean just yeah? Keep why don't you Why don't you read the next okay. one? Okay, it's your stuff. Uh, so this one is uh, uh, about the sign of peace, uh, and we kind of talked a little bit about this, but I thought it was worth worth mentioning. It says. Uh-huh. Uh, as for the actual sign of peace to be given, the manner is to be established by the conferences of bishops in accordance with the uh, the culture and the customs of, of the people. However, it is appropriate that each person, in a sober manner, offer the sign of peace to only those that are nearest to them. Yes. And so I thought that the last part is really what I wanted to touch on. Is like, I, I, as much as I would love to give the sign of peace to everybody everybody around me right um you know you, you get this awkward moment of it's like oh you're kind of far away from the next pew we made eye contact do i should i reach all the way over right. like sometimes i just shoot him a peace sign yeah you know like or just like acknowledge you know, like a wave you know lift a hand like i'm not shaking my hand you know right. uh just you know like an, well, yeah, and an the, acknowledgement yeah. yeah and now the sign of peace is obviously a little different than what it used to be yeah, well, it's not Currently. there, and it's, it's yeah, not not really there. But yeah, it's only really meant to be for the people kind of to your right and to your left, right? Your family, basically, you know, basically in the middle, like the people that you are just right next to. Maybe the people right behind you. I mean, that's fine. Uh, there's a, but the, the 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 problem is, is it becomes a, almost like a social hour. Yeah, right and in the middle of the liturgy. I've heard people say, "Oh, the sign of peace is my favorite part of mass," right. and like as much as that betrays how much. If, like if you say that how much you don't understand about the mass like if you're and i get that i actually really do like the sign of peace i do like shaking mm-hmm. people's hands and saying peace be with you know like mm-hmm. it is kind of a nice like there's Part a of lot the of there's a lot of yeah. goodwill in that moment sure. you know for each other so i get it i get i like it too mm-hmm. but it's uh it's not supposed to be this like let's everybody you know if you should not leave your seat right don't don't go across the aisle right you know? uh, so the next one I really want to get to because this is like one that is uh, really important. It's number ninety-five. Okay, uh, go check it out. You, uh, well, l- let's read. It. It's kind. It's a little long, but I think it's really important. So go ahead, Dave. In the celebration of the math, <laughs> math of the mass, the faithful form a holy people, a people of God's own possession and a royal priesthood, so that they may give thanks to God and offer the unblemished sacrifice, sacrificial victim, not only by means of the hands of the priest, but also together with him, and so that they may learn to offer their very selves. They should, moreover, take care to show this by their deep religious sense and their charity towards brothers and sisters who participate with them in the same celebration. They are consequently to avoid any appearance of singularity or division, keeping in mind that they have only one Father in heaven, and hence are all brothers and sisters one to the other. I think that's really important because, you know, there's a lot of animosity between Catholics, you know, in this day and age uh, of, you know, which mass do you go to? Which yeah, one is? That's you an know, interesting one. I hadn't read that. Uh, um, you know, and what's going on in today's world? All the craziness that's going on. There's a lot of. Uh, it's like either you're over here or you're over here. Yeah. You know, you're either to the right, to the left. You're, you know, you're either this way or this way. And, um, and even on social media, I think we, we sometimes Catholics do a, a bad job of showing charity towards one another. There's just so many people out there that will will say things on 
social media that they would never say to their face. Well, there's just so many people who are just so, I mean, like, yeah, but I'm kidding. I, I, I think that we I'm need being to, ironic. I, I think that we need to. Yeah, I think that we need to. They're just wrong and yeah. fools. They're just fools. <laughs> I think that we need to make sure that we understand and remember that we're all part of the body of yeah. Christ. And we're here not especially during the mass, the mass. Yes. And because we've talked about unity, 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 right? And if you're sitting there saying, like, looking around saying, like, oh, look, they're holding hands over there. Oh, look, he's reaching over for the sign of peace there. It's like, no, 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 that is of, that's what the devil wants. He wants to mm-hmm. divide us. He wants to uh, have these judgment totally. times, you know, during the most ho- the most important thing that we do every week. Yeah. And so I, I just want to reaffirm that, you know, as Catholics, we are all together. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. And regardless of our differences and opinions that we have and, you know, prevent, uh, prudential judgments of like what's going on in 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 today's world uh when we when we're at mass we're all together and it should not be a division it should not be you know oh look at these people over here compared to these people over there uh i think that just goes into uh, feeds into the the vice of pride and it's just it's not it should not be part of the mass yeah i agree and i think it's really hard like that's probably one of the hardest things for me especially if you go to a, a new parish you know you're, you're a visiting parishioner you're like whoa this this liturgy These guys is, are all crazy over here yeah, yeah um and i as much as i understand and i have sympathy for for that uh situation we have to remember that we're uh, you know this is the holy sacrifice of the mass and we're all in this together right, yeah um, and this has been said throughout all of you know the last two thousand years, and it's being said all throughout eternity right now. So, Adam, what does the germ have to say about uh, extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion? Okay, I was really not. I no, was, let's do it. I want to do this one. Okay. Okay. So this is like maybe the most abused thing in the mass. Like there are clear instructions about who and when. We're not gonna have, we're not gonna have time to get we're not gonna have time to get through all that so maybe we'll save that for after the show. Okay, we'll put it on the podcast. Yep. Okay, we can put it on the podcast. That's fine. Um, so uh, one other thing that I do want to talk about is the different types of bows. So okay. there's a bow to the head. Bow. Yeah, bow. There's like a bow. Before bow you receive of the communion, head you're supposed and to bow. bow. A whole body bow. There's two different types. Bow yes. of the head. Uh-huh. Bow. You know, bow at the from waist. the waist. Uh, you know, it says typically uh, you bow from the head when the divine persons are named together in the name of Jesus, the Blessed Virgin Mary, and the saint in uh, whose honor mass is being celebrated. Is when you bow. Uh, now with that the head. kind of sounds confusing. It sounds when you read that like it's saying that Mary and the saint are the are the the divine names. It, no. You do a bow of the head when you say the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit when they, they all come together. The name of Jesus. At the, na- the name of Jesus, even by itself. Mm-hmm. The name of Mary during the Holy, during the liturgy, mm-hmm. or the saint of the day. Right. And then the bow uh, from the waist is, is typically the priest does before they, you know, go, the, they're going up to the altar or also when you're receiving communion. Yeah. There's also a couple other. It's a, it's a more reverent bow. Right. And maybe at the end uh, when you receive the blessing. Bow down for the blessing. That one's from the waist. Uh, it doesn't say that in there, but I don't know. I'm not sure. I could see that, but I do kind of like, a, like do. a freelance. But go check it out. It's, a, it's number 275 in the germ. You can okay. go, yeah, go, go get a it. copy. Be a you know celebrate the mass well. Yeah, we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass and cheers to Jesus.
Okay, so now I want to talk a little bit more about the Extraordinary Ministers of Holy Communion, okay? Uh, and full disclosure here, Adam and I already recorded something about this, and then it turned out that I was, how you say, wrong, okay? I was, how do you say that in Spanish? El wrongo. Okay. Just El ringo. El ringo. I had my pronunciation wrong. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so um, I was wrong in my understanding of what, what canon law says. First of all, it's canon law, not Vatican II, that actually lays this out. Um, and I'm not a canon lawyer, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. Okay. Did Tom Baudet leave the lights on for he you? He did. He did. That's that's Motel Six or Motel Six. That's how important I was at the Holiday Inn Express. I had Tom, <laughs> Tom Baudet. Baudet. He came over. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's like it was an important stay. All, <laughs> yeah. right? all right. All right. So, um, I on the if you saw the Facebook Live video, you heard me say that the church has laid out a hierarchy of who can and should be extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion, and I said that it should you know ordinary commun- ordinary ministers of the bishop, priest, deacon. Extraordinary ministers should be an acolyte. Then I said it would be that, like, that the preference would then be for like a, um, a lay brother, um, and then a man. And if if there are no men, lay brothers, or acolytes available, then a woman could fulfill the role. Okay, and uh, that is only true if you look at it in the most technical, scrupulous way. Actually, uh, it's not even true when it comes to lay brothers. Right, the lay brothers are not even part of it. Right. Yeah, yeah. The, yes, exactly. So what the church, the uh, it's Canon 230, mm-hmm. um, is where this is laid out by the church. Okay, and... It's not what I say, it's what the church this says. Is, now, this really is what the church is saying. Okay. Um, the church says that when the ordinary ministers are not... Well, here, let me just read it. Oh, that's we, a good idea. Because we've got it. I mean, we should. I've, we I've should. just got it right here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so t- Canon two thirty says laymen, laymen. It actually says men, and it doesn't mean like the general man. Because we, like, we had to che- we had to check with canon lawyers that it says no. It's actually being specific about men, not women. Because in the in like Canon two twenty eight and two twenty nine, and then well, even in the next two, one, two Canon two thirty point two, it says lay right. persons in order to, distri- to to distinguish. So laymen who possess the age and qualifications established by the decree of the Conference of Bishops, can be admitted on a stable basis. What that means is that this is a permanent thing. Um, so this uh, can be admitted on a stable basis through the prescribed liturgical right to the ministries of lector and acolyte. So this is historically, throughout the centuries, been, been referred to by the Church as minor orders. So this is something that was a, a lifelong thing, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, that you would be installed as these orders, uh, minor orders. Um, there used to be a tradition where in the seminary, as a seminarian, you would be installed to these minor orders, okay? So you would be an acolyte by the church, okay? And so that would allow you this uh, possibility of serving in the liturgy as a lector or um, an extraordinary minister of Holy Communion, okay? So it's, and this is saying this uh, ministry of Acolyte is only available to men. Um, Canon 230.2 then says, um, lay persons can fulfill the functions of lector in liturgical or um, in liturgical actions by temporary designation. So it's not a stable, permanent thing. It's just temporary. Um, 
All laypersons can also perform the functions of commentator or cantor or other functions according to the norm of canon law. So then it, this is the, the part that most people, I think, misinterpret. It says, when the need of the church warrants and the ministers are lacking, laypersons, even if they are not lectors or acolytes, can also supply certain of their duties, namely the exercise of ministries of the word, to preside over liturgical prayers, confer baptism, and distribute Holy Communion according to the precepts of the law. Okay, the thing is that it says when the needs of the church warrant and the ministers are lacking, and it has already told you who, who are the ministers in Canon 230.1 when it says that lay men can be admitted on a stable basis through the prescribed liturgical rite to the ministries of lector and acolyte. So when these ministers, the people who fulfill the ministries of lector and acolyte, are lacking and the priest is, uh, for whatever reason, not available to serve as ex- extraordinary minister of Holy Communion, then any Joe Schmo can be admitted on a temporary ber- temporary basis to serve as an extraordinary minister of Holy Communion. Um, and when it's any Joe Schmo, it, man, woman, it does not distinguish. There's no hierarchy. There's yet. no hierarchy at that point. Okay. But it still is saying that it should be First, an acolyte, which is only a man. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there is a hierarchy established by the church, but not among Joe Schmoes. But the church has like set you and up... Me. Are we, we're you, Joe we are Joe Schmoes, right. Just wanted to clarify. Correct. You're, I'm the Joe, you're the Schmo. Okay? Typical. Yeah. Um, but the church has set up this minor order of acolyte. I've never actually... I don't know that I've actually actually ever heard of anybody being installed as an acolyte well guess what the tulsa diocese just did just installed one did we yep who this week the huh. the seminary uh, seminarian steven oh really yeah this week he was bro. installed as an acolyte sweet yeah okay seminarians i really meant lay a lay person like he's a lay person still mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but i meant a joe schmo <laughs> um because you could be installed like you know if your parish really does have a need then that's that's the solution that's what the church says that this is this is the first preference to install a a person who is worthy to this minor order you know who is devout who can serve faithfully at at the uh there's this picture there's the dude you're talking about right there mm-hmm. instituted as an acolyte last evening so we're talking about like Less than forty-eight hours, hours hours ago. So, yeah. so that but that's what the church wants. It wants us wants those men who are worthy to step up to serve on a on a stable basis. The church. So that's what that's what, and that's not me saying that. That's, that's the church. church. Look it up in the documents. Just read it. Read canon law. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Start to finish. That's, that's that's all my pedestal stuff. I have. Sorry for hijacking your no no your no. Episode. You you didn't. And in fact, I'm kind of glad that you had more. To, I was worried that you weren't going to have enough to say. And like, I, I just w- want people to love Jesus. You know, that's exactly inwardly young. and outwardly. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about. It's not about oh, you know, like I'm a better Catholic because I kneel to receive Christ. Right. If, if that's how you feel, then um. You, you really well, need to you need pride. to examine that's your pride. conscience. That's yeah, pride. exactly. Uh, it's about love of Christ, and if you're doing it for any other reason, it's a sin. It's prideful. 
today, today, five. today at dinner, uh, I had having dinner with Father Brooks, and he was quoting uh, Dante. I think it was Dante. No, maybe it was somebody else. But anyway, he said, "Pride grows in the human heart like fat upon a pig." Hmm. Which, if you've seen a pig, if especially if you've cut one open. Which we have. There's a lot of fat in there. Right. And it grows really fast mm-hmm. once it starts growing. So and it's true. You just like everyone, I just feel like we're all full of pride. And yeah. it's it's a it's a lifelong effort to root it out. Anyway. I think that again, if right. you go back and focus that like let's just focus on Jesus. You know, it's not we're, we're not divided, we're not you know, it's not a, yeah. a single single person. It is we are the part of the body of Christ, and the head of the body is Jesus. Right. And if we focus on that and do, you know, what the church says, uh, you know, make sure we do exactly what the church says and be obedient to our bishops, which Christ asks us to do, d- or commands us to do, mm-hmm. um, then uh, I I think that we will help. It'll help root out the pride, and it'll keep us away from thinking about what is. Susie doing next to us. What what is Karen doing? Next, what is Susan from the parish council, you know, doing next to me? Yeah, uh, and more focused on how is my interior disposition being uh, conformed with what's happening outwardly in the mass. Right. Yeah. Because and that's really the whole purpose of having something like the germ, so that we can come together in a, a reverent display. You know, so that our outward actions match the reverence that is owed in the mass because when we can come together and all you know have one voice one unity um then it, it truly is it it's more reverent we just want to in justice uh religion is a sub-virtue of justice and giving jesus mm-hmm. what he is due render to him what is due to him yeah in the which best way possible everything which is everything that we have yeah All right, man. Good deal.